Got 20 minutes? Then you have time for a Bible study. Jesus, name above all names, I worship you. Jesus, you're worthy to be praised, I worship you. Hi everybody, I'm Jordan Pine. And I'm Andy Baylog. Welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Bible Studies. When you take communion, do you ever think about the kind of bread that the church has chosen? Some use regular bread, but did you know matzah is the proper choice? That's because using regular bread actually ruins a biblical type. To understand how, let's listen now to the Word of God. Two readings, one from the book of Exodus and one from the Gospel of Luke. Exodus chapter 12, beginning in verse 12. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be assigned for you on the houses where you live, and when I see the blood I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Now this day will be a memorial to you, and you shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord. Throughout your generations you are to celebrate it as a permanent ordinance. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, but on the first day you shall remove leaven from your houses, for whoever eats anything leavened from the first day until the seventh day that person shall be cut off from Israel. Skipping to verse 21. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and take yourselves lambs according to your families and slay the Passover lamb. Luke 22, beginning in verse 7. Then came the first day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. And Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us so that we may eat it. When the hour had come, he reclined at the table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never again eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken a cup and given thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink the fruit of the vine from now until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. That was Exodus 12, verses 12 through 14 and 21, and Luke 22, verses 7 and 8, and then 14 through 19. First, let's use a space method on today's scripture readings. SPACE is an acronym that reminds us to consider the SP, speaker, A, audience, and C, context of a Bible reading before attempting an E, explanation. The speaker, audience, and context of the first reading is right in verse 1 of Exodus 12. It says, Now the Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt. This is God giving Israel its instructions for how he was going to free them from slavery in Egypt 
and also set them apart from their captors and all other nations. The part we read is where God establishes the Feast of Unleavened Bread, also known as Passover. As for the second reading, the speaker, audience, and context is clear from the text. This is Jesus giving his disciples instructions for how to prepare for the Feast of Unleavened Bread. This is an event he would use to establish a new commemoration of his death. We call this commemoration Holy Communion or the Lord's Supper. Now that we've established the speaker, audience, and context, we're ready to get into an explanation, Andy. The question that we need to ask and answer today is, why did God choose unleavened bread for the Passover feast? Incidentally, the word matzah essentially means unleavened bread, bread without leaven in the Hebrew language. So let's start with what's leaven, Andy? Well, looking at the literal definition, it's a substance, typically yeast, that is used in dough to make it rise. The figurative definition is that it's a substance which is small in quantity, yet it thoroughly pervades a thing by its influence. Now, we can look at why God chose matzah for the Passover. One answer, the simplest answer, is because it can be made in haste or quickly. Exodus 12.33 says that when Pharaoh finally let the Israelites go, the Egyptians urged them to leave in haste or in a rush. And the Israelites took their dough before it was fully leavened. Deuteronomy 16.3 calls unleavened bread, quote, the bread of affliction, a reminder that the Israelites came out of the land of Egypt in haste. Right, but there's a deeper answer to our question, and that's what we're going to get in today. So let's start by looking at what the Israelites ate during Passover and why. This, this is critical, and uh, as we get deeper, always go deeper into the kingdom truths. It's important to kind of go to that next level, Andy. So the main course uh, was, of course, lamb, and it wasn't just any lamb. If you look at Exodus 12:5, it says that it had to be an unblemished male a year old. And then after they took some of its blood and put it on the doorposts and on the lintel of the house, that's Exodus 12:7. They were to, quote, eat the flesh that same night, roasted with fire, end quote, along with, quote, unleavened bread and bitter herbs, and that's verse 8. That blood, of course, was a sign. God had promised that, quote, when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you. That's Exodus 12, 13. Well, now we understand, Jordan, that this was a type of the sacrifice Jesus would make on the cross, pouring out his blood so that the judgment of God would pass over us. So, question for you, for our listeners, what exactly is a type? I mean, a simple answer is a, it's, it's a symbol or representation of something. And uh, the word actually comes from the Greek word tupas, which basically means a mold into which clay or wax was pressed so that it took the exact shape of the thing. And, uh, you know, I have a little reference here, Easton's Bible Dictionary. It says that the word is, quote, generally used to denote a resemblance between something present and something future, and that future thing is also called the antitype. Yeah, you know, Jordan, also, according to the Evangelical Dictionary of Biblical Theology, the type, quote-unquote, is perhaps the least understood, but probably the most important concept in the hermeneutics of biblical prophecy. For example, the interpretation of prophecy, and it's what we're looking for today. Now, typological prophecy occurs throughout the Bible, And it can be considered the norm, the normal way that the prophets, including Jesus, spoke about the future. Now, failure to take this method of speaking into account 
can easily lead to gross distortions of the prophetic message. Yeah, so the Passover lamb was a type, and many verses support the truth that Jesus was the anti-type. For example, we see in John 1.9, it says, The next day he, referring to John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. Or we can look at 1 Corinthians 5.7, which says, Clean out the old leaven, so that you may be a new lump, just as you are in fact unleavened. For Christ, our Passover, also has been sacrificed. Right, so a pure lamb without blemish, and that's the key, was the main course of the Passover feast for Israel. And it was eaten with bitter herbs and unleavened bread, or matzah is what we call today. Now, these foods, of course, were also types. Very important to consider that. And we already have the clues, if you will, that we need to figure out what the type of unleavened bread actually means today. Now, Jordan, from our second scripture reading, which is in Luke twenty-two nineteen, we read it as saying, And when he had taken some bread and given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Bread is the body of Christ, which was broken for us. That's pretty obvious here. And just in case some of our listeners at home really don't have a clear understanding of why it was important for our Lord's body to be broken, it's the result of the breaking, why we celebrate the communion. For instance, to give you an example, if it wasn't for Jesus to come in the flesh, actually be born into the world, and give us his word, and give us his gospel, we would not have salvation today. So he suffered, he came from his throne on high, came upon the earth, was born through a woman, and actually gave us his word, which is what we, till today, we receive and we share amongst others. So he was broken, he was suffered, he could have just came and died on the cross, Jordan, but he didn't do that. He spent years here to make sure that what he said was recorded, so that, you know, throughout time, people would receive that and receive salvation through that. So it's more than just that he came, and according to the scriptures, died for the sins of the world, and then rose again. It was, he came according to the scriptures and spent years here preaching the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Sermon on the Mount, for, for, for instance. It's what we receive till today, that what we study and we feed on, because just like it says in, in John chapter one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So the word that we receive and study today is, is critical for us to partake in celebrating the Godhead. And it's one of the main reasons why we receive the communion bread when we celebrate the Lord's Supper. Right. So, yeah, so it's key to understand that the bread is the body of Christ, which was broken for us. And then if we go back to 1 Corinthians 5, 7, which I just read, you know, it says, clean out the old leaven so that you may be a new lump, just as you are, in fact, unleavened. So, you know, now we see typology around old leaven and a new lump, which, of course, speaks of renewal in Christ Jesus, our Passover lamb, who, again, was without blemish. That's the key point I want to keep emphasizing. So, how do we back that into leaven? Well, if it represents the old nature, that's the sin nature. Therefore, leaven must equal sin. And that interpretation is supported by several other scriptures. Maybe you could read a few of those, Andy. Okay, so let's look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 6. Jesus is telling the disciples to watch out and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And continuing in verse 6 and jumping to verse 12, specifically, he's talking about the teaching of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Also in Luke chapter 12, verse 1, Jesus repeats this warning, and he adds that the leaven of the Pharisees is hypocrisy. 
So mainly these Jewish leaders were puffed up with the sin of pride. And it's a good visual of what yeast is all about, right? right? It's all about visuals. It's all about, you know, attracting the eye to say, hey, you know what? What a beautiful table. And look how pretty that bread looks. It's all golden and crusty and puffy and chewy. And I would love to partake in that bread, you know, versus a flat old matzah cracker, right? <laughs> so, I mean, till today, you know, we look at bread like that and, and that's something we crave. And that's what I believe that the Lord was saying is, it's not the puffiness of the Pharisees and Sadducees that, that should make it attractive for you. It should be what the sustenance represents, the, you know, the carbohydrates and the flour and the egg and the water that's in there that really should be feeding you. Yeah, interesting. And, um, you know, I, I think also of like a puffed up chest, like you're, you're puffed up with pride in yourself. And that, that's what the imagery can also represent. But regardless, um, it's clear that that's what the, the type of leaven means. And, and uh, if you need more scriptural support for that, you know, the Apostle Paul uses this sense of the type that we're talking about in his letter to the Corinthians. He says, 1 Corinthians 5, 6, your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough? So that, that's a famous metaphor that he used. And in using it, notice that he says you're boasting. So boasting pride, that was a sin of the Pharisees besides their hypocrisy, was that, was that puffed up with pride. Also, we should consider, Jordan, that the typology here is being ruined. The Pharisees and Sadducees were ruining the type, right? This bread, which, which is supposed to be unleavened, which represents the Lord, the body of Christ, the word of God that he left behind, should never be, till today, through pastors and Bible teachers, should never be brought out out of self-pride or self-ambition. It should always be done to glorify the Lord, to show the humbleness and right. the love that Jesus portrayed. That's why we need, that's how we should be feeding. And that's what we should go to seek when we go to church. A beautiful word that comes from the Bible, that's humble and pure and loving. It shouldn't be about, you know, putting on a show or, or, or worrying about the worries of this world or, you know, how, you know, we're going to have great things if we're Christians. And, and I think that's the problem today. And, and I hate to go off on a tangent, but I think that a lot of different denominations, they cross over, believe it or not, into that Pharisee Sadducee realm mm-hmm. where they puff up the word of God because, yes, they're glorifying God for sure. People are receiving salvation for sure. But it's also a little puffed up there, you know? And what, what they're doing is they're ruining the type, which is it's supposed to be humble and simple and full of love. Yeah, and I like where you're going with that because that is ultimately the bottom line of this lesson. You know, what you're saying is absolutely true. It's also true that if leaven is a type of sin, a consistent type of sin throughout the Bible, and you're putting leaven into the body of Christ, well, you're really destroying a sin by putting sin into the body of Christ, because obviously he was without sin, yeah. without blemish. He's the Passover lamb, right? So people say, yeah, it's not a big deal. You know, you can use crackers, wafers, whatever, regular bread, bread from the store, and it's just a symbol. You know, it's really the heart that matters. But, you know, I, I think we should be a little more cautious about that and not take these things so lightly, because, like, obviously this is an extreme example, but look what happened to Moses when he destroyed the type of the rock. Maybe you could talk about that. Sure. I mean, I'll be brief, but, you know, in case some of you at home don't really know the story, and we recommend that you do go back and read that story in Exodus. But there was a certain time when Moses was leading the Israelites in the desert, and he was waiting for God to lead them to the promised land. And after a few years, uh, and I think Numbers actually gives you even more detail about that story, 
he started to get weary with the Israels and their murmuring and complaining. And even though they had the rock in the desert following them, giving them water, even though they had the manna from heaven feeding them with their daily sustenance, what they needed to survive, they were still complaining and murmuring and said, man, we wish we were still in Egypt eating onions and, and you know, olives and uh, watermelon and all the things that are types for the world. So Moses got upset. And instead of just speaking to the rock when they were thirsty, he actually got mad, took Aaron's staff and hit the rock. He smit the rock a second time. So he was actually in type He was ruining what the rock represented and what the staff of Aaron represented, which was Jesus Christ dying on the cross. And what he did was he, in type only, re-crucified Christ. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I hate to be, you know, tell you later on what happens to Moses, but, you know, if you look back at the story there, you'll see that right when he was about to lead the people into the promised land, God took his life and said, "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh, you ruined the type. When you hit the rock the second time, which in typology means today, to us, right now. When you re-crucify Christ, well, what does that mean? When you tell a Christian who already received the goodness of God by the Holy Spirit that is saved, and because they fall away or they murmur or sin, tell them that they lost their salvation, and now they've got to accept Christ the second time to be saved, what you're doing is we're ruining the type, we're ruining the perfect type the, the ultimate perfect sacrifice, the perfect sacrificial lamb of what Jesus Christ did on the cross for us. He paid for sin in full. So yeah, typology and us maintaining typology to its purest form and respecting it is critical. And to your point, Jordan, you know, great study today. That's why we're, we're celebrating the matzah today, if you will. Right. And we recommend that you know, if your church does have leavened bread, and even though it's beautiful and it's easy to get, maybe, right? You could run to the store and get some Wonder Bread or some challah bread. But for God's glory, making that effort and getting that matzah cracker, God, God sees that and he honors that. And an important point, Andy, to add is that Moses didn't lose his salvation because of his, uh, of his act of for disobedience. Sure. Uh, God even, you know, granted him the grace of allowing him to see the promised land, to go up on the mountain and yes. overlook the promised land. He just couldn't enter. Correct. And that's, that's really a, a key distinction because, you know, no matter what we do, of course, we can't lose our salvation. You're, you're not going to get thrown into hell because you ate regular bread and, and destroyed a type or whatever because your church no, is no, doing no. it. The point is just to have the, the right amount of respect. And, and even like the Moses story is an extreme story because he got angry and he purposefully, willfully, obe- you know, so we, we can go too crazy with these things. But the point is that you need to respect types, and, and God makes a point in the Bible of showing us these types and then showing us what happens when, in extreme cases, they're disrespected. So bottom line, why would you, why would you put sin into the body of Christ? You know, you know what it represents, so why even have that you know, little bit of miscommunication? or Exactly, or, or and, that, and that's what our show's about. Our show is to educate our listeners into some things that maybe they didn't know they knew. And, you know, it's not petty things. It's, it's things that we see in the Bible. To your point, your example about Moses, that if it was important for God to God for us to know the story of Moses and how he ruined the type, right. then we should remember that when we look at other, we learn of other types in the Bible. And that's what we're doing. We're trying to, again, we're trying to educate people and, and teach them that little things like this mean a lot to God. So there is one challenge to the idea that leaven represents sin. And for this reason, and I don't want to get too deeply into it, but we do have a little bit more time. Um, some people say that leaven can be either a type of sin or a type of faith or the Word of God because of one Bible reference, and that's Luke 13. Um, Jesus says, To what shall I compare the kingdom of God? This is verse 20. 
It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour until it was all leavened. So if you look up, you know, your common interpretation of what that verse means, Bible commentators will say, in that case, the leaven represents faith or the nascent church, and then, you know, it it grows because a little bit of faith in the world grew into this whole big church. And um, you and I know, Andy, that 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 is not the correct interpretation. Is there any way that you can sort of quickly point out why that, that doesn't work? I'll tell you what, we'll definitely do another study on this for our listeners at home. I'd be very interested in doing this. But one thing I will tell you is the key to look at this verse, Jordan, is to look at the subject. It's the woman. It's knowing who the woman is in this sentence. In typology. In typology. So if you know what the woman represents, then you understand what's going on. Now, many times a a person will read that and think, oh, it's just a nice woman or it could be it could represent the church but it's actually not it's actually and we'll talk about this another time but this is actually a negative statement this right. is a warning to not be like this woman and what she did in history so for sure tune in back with us we'll get back to this we'll do a lesson and we'll actually study this woman and what she did by hiding leaven into the three pecks of flour and how it actually changed history for the church for years to come. Yeah, it's a pretty deep uh, study. The point is, you know, don't necessarily take it um, as authority that leaven represent, can represent one thing or the other. Every other place in the Bible, leaven is a type of sin, and therefore it should never be included in things that we'd consider holy, I would say. And again, I don't want to be too strict about that. That is just uh, letting those with the spiritual ears to hear it understand that we have to respect typology. So let's get into our recap and takeaways. Um, you know, we understand the type of leaven now, and and um, we've we've discussed why you know why it's important to respect it. Um, you know, whatever side we choose in this debate, you know, whether if you're having a debate in your church, like what's the big deal, regular bread? It's just important to know that that the leaven type is relevant to believers today. So now, getting into the the next level of it, or the 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 takeaway level for your everyday life, what are some things that we've learned from these verses today? So, Jordan, you know, like leaven. Sin is insidious. All it takes is a little bit to puff up our mind and body, and then it'll knock us off course. That's what this lesson is about today. So, you know, that's why in 1 Corinthians, Paul advises us to clean out the old leaven of the sin nature. You know, basically take the pride out of your heart, take it out of your life. In that same verse, Paul points out we are already unleavened or sinless because Christ lives within us and he is the lamb without blemish. In other words, if we suppress the carnal man, then the spiritual man within us will reign. We will allow Christ to live in us and through us to be the Lord of our lives. And then elsewhere, Jordan, there's uh, some verses in Galatians that Paul indicates. Why is that so important? Yeah, in Galatians, this is chapter 5, verses 7 and 9. He says, you were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion did not come from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump of dough. So that phrase, you were running well, Paul says, until a little leaven got into the mixture, you know, until a little sin corrupted you and, quote, hindered you from obeying the truth. You know, notice that phrase, running well, Andy. Where have we seen this metaphor before? Jordan, we see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. It's a very famous verse. And it reads, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win. Everyone who competes in the games exercises self-control in all things. They then do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. 
Yeah, so putting it all together, Andy, through self-control, the leaven of sin must be removed from our lives, as you said, as part of this process of qualification for the kingdom. And that is our lesson. Thanks for joining us for another 20-minute Bible study. Special thanks to the family of Pastor Gary T. Whipple and to the Abundant Life Worship Center for the music for our show. I'm Steve Zioli. Until next time, may the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Mysteries of the Kingdom Incorporated.